When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A wonderful anthem for those who support Celtic and Liverpool Football Club. You'll never walk alone. We're going to talk some English Premier League football. A broadcasting colleague of mine in the UK, uh, I thought came out something very clever that he put up on social media. We've just had, um, was it Eurovision, the song contest. It's supposed to be staged in the Ukraine and it was staged in Liverpool. And apparently somebody or someone did a version of You'll Never Walk Alone. And Johnny writes, You'll Never Walk Alone was a great nod to Liverpool last night at Eurovision. And the UK entry finishing in the bottom three was a great nod to Everton. The two teams that make up the city that hosted Eurovision. Anyway, Andy Buckley, Manchester City commentator for the BBC, joins us on the programme. Andy, good evening, welcome. I thought, good evening, I thought you'd be playing Champions rather than uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. No, well... You've got to be with the times, Mark. Yeah. We're talking about the English potential uh, champions again five years out of six how does that feel for a Merseysider it hurts it hurts um, it hurts a lot uh, but yeah look it, it is what it is um, at least it's not Manchester United mate so I can probably live with it um, but another broadcasting friend of mine Guy McRae he's a mad king Tottenham Hotspur fan so he's absolutely delighted it's not Arsenal <laughs> um, well yeah, that's rivalry for you. Yeah, boy, it's amazing when you live in this part of the world, you don't realise how much hate there is between certain teams when you actually do live in the UK and Arsenal and Spurs, is, uh, it doesn't get a lot worse. Yeah, look, this is interesting, isn't it? Because Arsenal have just had the speed wobbles and they've just really fallen apart in the back half of the season or the back quarter of the season. And now it is Manchester City, just one game away, one win away, possibly against Chelsea next week. And they do win their fifth out of six seasons. Yeah, Arsenal have uh, taken nine points out of the last 21, uh, which for a team that had uh, designs on becoming champions is not exactly title form. Uh, and uh, I think people are sort of saying, well, Manchester City are spoiling football, they're going to win it again. But uh, hang on a minute, all you can do is do your best and it's up to the others to uh, come up to scratch. And Arsenal have had a great season, uh, but they've fallen by the wayside, big style. Yeah, uh, and but but Andy, 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 you sit there and say, um, as a Manchester City fan, it's up to other teams to lift. But not every other team is pretty much funded by a country, though, are they? No, Manchester United, don't forget, when they were sweeping all before them, were funded. Uh, they were the, the richest team in the land and they broke the transfer record yep. numerous times. There's a lot more clubs than Manchester City who've spent a lot more money, actually. Manchester United have spent a, a similar amount. Chelsea mm-hmm. have spent far more money. Liverpool probably haven't. Uh, so it's what you do with the money, isn't it? It's how wisely you spend it. Uh, and I'd, I'd venture to suggest that uh, here we are, not exactly on the cusp of a, an unprecedented treble. It wouldn't be unprecedented. Of course, Alex did it in uh, 1999 with Manchester United, but uh, they're about four games away. Real Madrid on Wednesday, 
Chelsea next week, Manchester United in the FA Cup final, and then uh, either AC or Inter Milan in the Champions League mm. final. These are magical days to be a Manchester City fan. Yeah, three... uh, it, what a week! What a week I'm going to have. I can't believe it. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, you get the job done against um, Real Madrid. And I thought the one one result was probably a fair result. Just before we do look at that and preview that the performance against Everton, three 0 to Manchester City. Um, Gundogan in the 37th and 51st minute. Haaland scoring another one in the 39th. Uh, was it a good performance from City? Oh, yeah, excellent. When you think that it was sandwiched between the two Real Madrid ties uh, and everybody's thinking, well, he can't play De Bruyne. He should really leave Rodri out. He didn't. He played him. And yet he played three of the back four. He played against Real Madrid. He took a slight gamble. He played respect to Everton, I think, really. Uh, and the fact that they, having come off an impressive win at Brighton, uh, did have potential to upset City, even though City have got a good record there at Goodison Park in recent years. This was a match that City uh, really could have slipped up in and the title race could have easily taken a different twist if uh, City had lost and Arsenal won. But it ended up, for City fans, it ended up being Super Sunday. It really was uh, heaven as far as uh, us Blues were concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, he negotiated it really well. And I think what it meant to Guardiola was evident at the final whistle. I don't know if you saw the pictures in New Zealand, but... He went over to the City fans. He doesn't really do it that often. He doesn't. He normally sneaks off down the tunnel, but he went over and he put two fingers up, not as an insulting sign, but as a sign to say, two more wins and we are champions again. And guess what? Two hours later, it's one more win after Arsenal lost. And and the thing, the thing is that as, as a football fan, um, City's last two games are long-distance trips. A week on Wednesday, they're at Brighton, which is a six-hour haul from Manchester. Few tickets will be available. The Sunday after that, which is the climax of the Premier League season, when potentially the trophy will be presented, which is what the Premier League want, City will have 2,000 tickets at best at Brentford, which is a small, compact, new stadium in West London. Now, are the Premier League going to present the trophy to City, assuming that they win the title, of course, in front of 2,000 away fans? Uh, and some very grateful Brentford fans who've never seen anything like it in their lives. What they should do is if City win the title against Chelsea next Sunday in front of 53,000 Mancunians, they should present it next Sunday. I doubt they will. It'll be a big talking point in England this week as to whether the Premier League have got contingency mm. to present it two weeks, uh, a week early rather. But um, it suddenly, and, and the, the significance, Mark, of, of, of yesterday's results is that if City get the title wrapped up next weekend, they can then rotate against Brighton and against Brentford with a week to spare before the FA Cup final against Manchester United on the 3rd of June, and then another week to spare before a potential Champions League final. Admittedly, they've got to get past Real Madrid. I, I accept mm-hmm. that. But but suddenly, yesterday, it got massive implications in terms of uh, that treble bid. Chelsea is still Chelsea. They'll want to do everything they can to show that this season's somewhat of an anomaly. They will lift against Manchester City. Then you've got Brighton, who have just beaten Arsenal away by three goals to nil. I mean, the unthinkable could still happen. Manchester City still no. not 100% guaranteed here, though, are they? I mean, they're two tough games. Three draws will do it. I mean, they might they might be champions without even kicking a ball, because if Arsenal implode completely and lose against Forest on Saturday... Forest desperate for points, then City could be crowned champions without even kicking a ball. So, no, the, the, the title is staying in Manchester. 
Uh, and there's this in, massive intrigue as to the FA Cup final um, the uh, on the 3rd of June because, I'm mean, to be honest with you, I was wrong. I didn't think there would be such a clamour for tickets. It's the holiday season. Um, school kids are off. People will be going away. But the demand for tickets is so huge for that historic first Manchester derby at Wembley. Um, and, and I'll be honest, City haven't got as big a fan base as United. So the clamour for tickets is even greater uh, in the red half of Manchester, a, a friend of my son's has been quoted a thousand pounds for a ticket off a tout. Um, the city fans are just desperate to lay their hands on tickets. They're on sale today again, uh, and um, it, it, there's going to be a lot of people who miss out because the supporters' clubs have got six thousand. The corporates, a uh, lot of corporate fans at football matches these days, they've got five thousand. That leaves twenty thousand out of a thirty thousand allocation. Uh, and um, they're being snapped up left, right and centre. It's only the top tier at Wembley that's available still mm. tickets. So pe- people want to be there that day uh, and uh, they want to see history being made. And also what's got this added ingredient to it is the fact that United can wreck City's treble bid. Mm. Oh, look, it's great for the FA Cup though, isn't it? Because it has been a tournament that, you know, perhaps is not as prestigious or um, the top sides haven't been overly disappointed if they've been knocked out because the emphasis has always been on the league or on the EPL and clearly on Champions League uh, so yeah. look, I think it's a great story and hopefully it really does just rejuvenate the FA Cup and you know and not just Manchester fans but sports fans because of this being the first time because it's the two Manchester sides that this you know j- just goes across all demographics goes across all sports and everybody's dialed in yeah, no, it does. Um, and, you know, the way that City are ending the season, it, it, it's just been a remarkable, what, 11 successive wins. Um, and United are kind of a bit, you know, some Oli Gordon-Solski, I made a sort of emotional return to Old Trafford on Saturday for the Wolves game. He was back there and he was greeted as a hero, even though he had an appalling managerial record. And I think, was it Dwight York, former United striker, pointed out that Solskjaer, hasn't lost as many games as Eric Ten Hag has lost in his uh, mm. tenure as United manager. So I think it's a trans- transitional season for United. A lot will depend on the new ownership uh, as to what they do in the transfer market. They'll spend big again because they have got the resources, uh, always have had uh, and always probably will have. But it's what you do with your money. And uh, they'll, they'll end up. I think they'll end up in the Champions League. I think Newcastle will end up in the Champions League. And I think your boys, Liverpool, will end up playing on a Thursday night in the Europa League. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll come up just slightly short. Uh, mind you, mind you, like I say, was, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll come up just slightly short. Uh, let's talk about this upcoming second um, second match tie in the semi-finals of the Champions League, Manchester City, Real Madrid. Just your thoughts on the first game. Was it a fair result? Did you feel, though, one side was maybe unlucky? Uh, what was the general sort of consensus among Manchester City's fans coming away with a one-all draw? Yeah, no, good, um, good, great result, um, and uh, yes, mission accomplished in terms of uh, halfway. Uh, uh, the fact that City can, if they win on Wednesday, uh, a ground that's uh, been a bit of a fortress in the last six months. They stumbled against Brentford, I think, just before the World Cup, drew it over to Everton. But you know that the incentive is there. It's going. I don't think Madrid have got a very big travelling uh, support, so there's not that many. Uh, Spanish fans, probably about 2,000 coming over from Spain. The weather's set fair. 
Um, I've got the afternoon off going with my two sons. We're going to have a few beers in Manchester. So if you want to come along, Mark, I'm sure we can get a ticket. We can sneak you in there somewhere. You'll fancy a few beers, a few pints in Manchester on a sunny Wednesday afternoon in May and then go and watch Manchester City against Real Madrid. It is going to be absolutely rocking. Uh, it really is. And I think, just going back to your important point about City and the state of the match and the tie, I think they can do it. But... But Real Madrid, I was quite impressed with them, I'll be honest with you, the other night. I thought uh, they've got some pace, genuine pace and threat up front. And you just don't know what you're going to get from Real Madrid because you're thinking that Cruz and Modric in the, the engine room in midfield, you think, well, surely these boys are just, you know, they're, they're, they must be flagging at their age because they just go on forever and ever, don't they? Mm. They're like one of them Duracell batteries. They just never stop. Uh, so you'd think that Real Madrid, you know, and they've finished... Miles behind Barcelona, who were crowned champions of Spain uh, yesterday, you'd think that surely that, that, um, that you know they're going to get found out on the European stage, but they never do. Uh, you know, fifteen Champions League wins is it remarkable? And yet Manchester City, who are arguably the best team in Europe at the moment, with some of the finest players in the world, De Bruyne. Gundogan, what a star he's been. You know, our Manchester City. I mean, City could sweep them aside 4-0, but they could lose at home 2-1. Yeah, yeah, I think but, there'll be goals. I think there'll be goals, definitely. But as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, Andy, I think the difference is just the depth and the absolutely brutal regime that goes with the English Premier League versus, say, what the Spanish and Italian clubs have to deal with. And I think they... Yeah, There's not as much pressure, and I think, therefore, I think they go into a lot of these Champion League meets a little bit fresher and probably can be a little bit more focused on them yeah no a fair point and, and the irony is because i probably spoke to you a few months ago and said oh it's going to be difficult to win trophies this season because of the world cup you factor in the world cup and that six-week gap that that teams had and you know city had more players in the english premier league at the world cup than any other club and they haven't got a massive squad you're talking 17 18 players at most uh, but the players on the bench yesterday, and nobody moans when they left out. He left Maris uh, played yesterday. He left Grealish, Bernardo Silva. He had Kevin De Bruyne on the bench. Uh, he had John Stones on the bench as well. So he's got that sort of wealth of talent at his disposal. And and somehow, uh, well, we know how Pep has managed to um, steer this steady course through the end of the season which Arsenal have found too taxing, uh, which other teams have kind of, Spurs have been Spurs, Manchester United up and down, uh, Liverpool have come good towards the end, but it's too little too late as far as Liverpool are concerned. But he's managed, despite all this uh, uh, rash of fixtures, he's managed to negotiate a path through. And here they are, you know, they can see on the horizon that the, the, the glory days again, and, and the ultimate glory, uh, and there was, I read, read an article in the paper this morning saying, should it be Sir Pep? Sir Alex Ferguson was knighted after United won the treble in 1999. Now, apparently, uh, I didn't know this, but if you're a non-English person or non-British person, you, you can't get become a sir, but you can be bestowed some honour as a, a kind of, in quote, foreigner. So he could get some uh, title that has a load of fancy letters after it. Effectively, making him Sir Pep. But why shouldn't Guardiola, if he pulls it off, be known as Sir Pep? There you go. 
No, absolutely no problem with that at all. Uh, my guest on the program is Andy Buckley, uh, football commentator out of the UK. We are talking the English Premier League. We are talking the Champions League. Let's just go back to the EPL. Let's go to the bottom of the table. Southampton have been relegated. Uh, Leicester City sit second to bottom, but they do have a game in hand over Southampton Leeds and also Everton. Everton currently sitting in 17th, just out of the relegation zone on 32 points. Nottingham Forest currently sit fifth from bottom on 34 points. You'd assume that West Ham are safe. They're currently sitting on 15. They're currently sitting in 15th on 37 points. What's the general feeling in terms of the two other sides that will join Southampton next year in the Championship. Will Everton survive? Is there sentiment for Nottingham Forest? I mean, Leicester City champions, what, only five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, indeed. Well, just looking at the fixtures to comfort the respective sides that you've mentioned, uh, and I think it's a question really of which team can pull off a magical win to kind of just haul themselves away from trouble. Uh, and I look at Forest, and I think, mm, you know, the Arsenal factor that we've alluded to, they're playing Arsenal on Saturday, then they've got Palace away, that's Forest. If you look at Everton, they've got Wolves away next weekend, and they've got Bournemouth at home. you think Everton would be able to see off Bournemouth at an emotional Goodison Park in the last weekend of the season. Leicester, Liverpool at home, um, tonight, my time. Uh, Newcastle away, then West Ham at home for Leicester. Tricky, tricky. Mm. Leeds, West Ham away, Spurs at home. Tricky, I'd say. But you never know with West Ham what you're going to get. They, you know, they lost at Brentford of the weekend and you think, well, that suddenly the wheels... And they've got the European competition to come as well. So it could be that Leeds could sneak something against West Ham with one eye on Europe. Spurs at home... Who's to say what Spurs will produce? So mm. it is that unpredictable predictability, which I know is a bit boring and a bit predictable to say that, but but that is the nature that you can't you, you don't think oh they're going to go down. Nobody can say that with any accuracy because if somebody can magic up a win from somewhere, you know if Forest can beat Arsenal, and then they're at Palace. Um, uh, it's, it's hard to say. I, I'll be honest with you, and you won't mind me saying this, but an apologies to Everton fans. I wouldn't be bothered if Everton went down. I just think it'd probably do them some good being out of the table, out of the top tier. Uh, they've got the new stadium to move into as well, of course, so they wouldn't be want that. They wouldn't want, the, obviously, the financial loss. It'd be dreadful for them. But uh, there's a lot of people in England who would quite happily see Everton go down, me included. Yeah, but look, sometimes you've got to hit rock bottom to realise and make the changes. And it sounds to me it's not just about players and managers that, it's at a board level, it's at a much higher level. I just want to yeah. finally get your thoughts on Leicester City. I mean, champions in 2015 and 16 and now potentially could get relegated. What has gone wrong? I mean, you know, they were a good side in the years following that uh, English Premier League title. But what's gone wrong? Why are they suddenly sort of cellar dwellers? Well, it doesn't take much, does it, to... Uh by the wayside and a bad run and it looked for a while under Brendan Rodgers as though they were going to lift themselves uh, uh, up the table and they were going to be safe I think mid-March I think they looked pretty secure for another season in the Premier League and then then suddenly they've just nosedived I don't think they've had any any kind of strategy for replacing Brendan Rodgers when they, they, they sacked him um, and I think they've been caught short and I think also from the start of the season I think the, the, the owners have kind of, um, the money's dried up a bit. I think Rogers had probably 
the cycle of him as a manager had run its course. Uh, but I think the owners and the investment and the way that the money's been spent, um, which comes back, as you mentioned, about Everton. I think Leicester fall into that category. That's to blame. Uh, I think the players are pretty decent, but I just think they're in free fall at the moment. I think momentum's gone um, and uh, they've just l- completely lost the plot, uh, which comes down to football ownership and the judicious way in which you spend your money. And I know I heart back to Man- Manchester City, but if you think of that and the billion pounds that has been invested in East Manchester uh, and uh, over the last um, decade or so by the owners, and I know it's controversial about ownership from foreign lands, I get all that, but fans don't pick their owners. So uh, it's not my fault. It's not the City fans' fault. But it's been money well spent and uh, the, they've got the best and, and they've been rewarded. Everton have had a succession of managers. Leicester are going through that cycle again. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest, fair play to them. They've stuck by their manager, Steve Cooper, even though his, his job was on the line. Uh, he's, he's brought um, uh, so many players, you know, more players than everybody bar Chelsea, I think, uh, Steve Cooper. Leeds, you know, Sam Allardyce on another firefighting job. Uh, it is fascinating to see who, who goes down. That That is, that's where the focus of attention is now because I think it is all over bar the shouting. And the only thing I'm looking forward to at Chelsea on uh, Sunday, Mark, is uh, when City are champions, Chelsea forming a guard of honour. And I'll tell you what, there will be a lot of Chelsea players in that guard of honour because they've got more on their books than anybody else. Oh, you love it, don't you, mate? You love it. you just got to put those little <laughs> subtle digs in, don't you? You've got to just subtly put those little digs in, Andy. I love it. That's what makes the English Premier League so great. A fans like you, that tribalism that goes with it. And as always, mate, thank you for joining us here in New Zealand. Greatly appreciate it. A wonderful radio. Pleasure. All the best. Thanks, Mark.